Yes. This does not get old. It's week two. It's Bet the Algo. It's the three free with Peter the Irish guy, and I'm can't miss Mitch. What's up, Pete? How's it going? How's it going? Uh, I'm feeling the pain a little bit. As much as I enjoyed week one, and believe me, I did. That was rough for me. But hey, at least it is only week one. And there is a long way to go. Yeah, you didn't have the best weekend ever. I certainly had a phenomenal weekend in Vegas. Went out there, of course, to register for the Circus Sports Million. We hung with the football proxy contest folks, Tony and Matt. They were gracious hosts. Let us kick it in the Circus Sportsbook. Met some amazing uh, folks in the business. Uh, Pamela Maldonado, one of which a lot of great folks that had great takes and uh, wish them a ton of success. Great to kick off week one, game one on TNF with getting Detroit in the under. I absolutely smoked Ari at the blackjack tables. I made them write me a check. That was always nice. That was, I mean, the best part of my weekend was just seeing you constantly sending me photographs of winning sports tickets and destroying the blackjack table coming up. You came back what a, a lot in the green. Yeah, it was up 15. So that was, that was a beautiful weekend. And like you right now, I'm still struggling. Uh, you know, putting in work at the tables, you got to deal with the riffraff. You got to stay late, let all the people shake out. And certainly uh, was a very beautiful thing to see. I made Aria actually pull up my history since I've been going since 2014. And uh, we are you up lifetime? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I was that's phenomenal. Oh, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I got really good at blackjack. I actually went back and started to really understand the game on hitting 12s and 13s and splitting some weird things that I never would do. And it worked because I was not getting good cards. I wasn't getting the 19s and the 20s and things that made you feel good. So, uh, Pete, let's talk about last week when it comes to the algo. Not the best week one, but let's provide some content. We gave you the nickname McStats. So do your work. Give us the stats. Yeah, listen, it's week one. So what have we said about... The reason that the algo works is that you're looking at big picture over the long season. Week to week, any given week, it's going to have ups, it's going to have downs, but big picture, it's going to be winning money for you, right? Um, Week one totals overall, algo went six and 10. There were a couple of things that didn't go our way. We take game time lines, as we said, right? There were two last minute flips. If when we gave out those picks, you took them, you were the winner there. If you waited to the end, you maybe didn't win. But um, I was 4-12, and 12, absolutely brutal weekend. You and our first guest, uh, Kevin Ashmos, former Nebraska uh, coach, both went 8-8. Eight and eight. The big highlight in terms of record was the over-unders. The algo was in mid-season form with the over-unders, 11-5 and five on the week. If you took the over-unders, it's hitting at 69% and you're up $490. 
Um, my highlights for from the week one, over-unders plus 490. If you bet the top five value index algo plays, you're up $70, which were 60%, three and two. That's really important. We know we have that package for our top five players out there. So they were winners. The algo on its own plus you on its own, that happened twice. Both of those hit, so you'd be up 200. Plus, if you avoided the under half point, right, under 0.5 of value, um, you were you were up 65% on the that's incredible so just getting rid of those low value plays the model comes through and by the way guys we're not touts like we don't sell our picks like we're here to provide color around a machine this is a model less thinking more winning so model that's given us the answers to the test and look we're gonna follow this thing we're gonna battle the entire season we went Two and three last week at Circa. Certainly hope for a nice 60%. It was great having Coach Ashmos. He gave us a lock on the Colorado game uh, against his former alma mater, Nebraska. We have another guest. I want to welcome an old relationship friend of mine. We actually used to have the same bookie back in the Boca Raton days. So that guy has no money, that bookie, huh? <laughs> Brian Edwards. Uh, I've Brian, by the way, uh, even though you and I haven't chatted uh, in a long, long time, uh, I followed you. Congrats on all your success. Twitter handle Vegas B Edwards. Also the SEC analyst for Southeastern 14. Senior handicapper at VegasInsider.com. You can find his picks up there. Brian, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Uh, Glad to be here. What's happening? You are happening, Brian. You are dialed. You know your college football, although last year things kind of flipped for you. You had a good NFL record. Brian was telling me, that he took the Bengals like every week and absolutely killed it. Yeah, last year I had pretty much three bets that I just, you know, just kept hammering and they all just had great success. It was the Eagles' uh, first half team total over um, and they had at least 14 and 16 of 19 games. And and that number, it, it I, there were a put, there was a push or two at 14. Um, but, uh, they were mostly winners. A lot of them were, you know, 13, 13 and a half. Um, and then I had the 49ers, the same bet, uh, first half team totals over when Purdy got going, they, they were hitting that like every week. And then the Bengals who I believe had covered what, uh, all the way from after the Cleveland game, uh, if I'm not the one they lost, uh, Halloween 32 yeah, to 13. Yeah. yeah. After that, they covered every game. Now the regular season finale, if you got it early before, uh, the two quarterbacks, the Ravens, um, so, but yeah, no, then they did it. Actually I pushed in, in the Ravens game and then I obviously lost against the chiefs, uh, but one against the bills. I love to hear that. Talk to me a little bit, a little bit about your betting strategy, your thesis, if you have one, or maybe something you just go by. You know what you see, what you watch, and you know you're more of an opportunist. But anything consistent out there that has 
remained with you all these years of being in the game? Well, it all starts is just making my own numbers before the lines, you know, come out. Now, and I try not to look at the look ahead lines in, in NFL, which are all over the place now, uh, too, unless I'm ready to actually evaluate that game. But, um, yeah, so I, I make my own numbers. And then, you know, I, I put a little extra emphasis on uh, quarterback play and, and then, you know, head coaching. And then, you know, always got to be on top of injuries. And then, you know. Just, you know, getting good feels for – I like to find a team that's, you know, I like to find a bad, bad offense or a bad defense and, and attack it or, or a, a great unit. Like right now in college, um, and I actually I've only uh, had it once this past weekend, but I'm hoping FSU's team totals over are going to remain uh, a thing. I'm pretty confident in it again this week. I love to hear that you have a couple of college selections. We don't do college well at all here. In fact, the reason why the model was created, Brian, was because I would wake up most Sundays from whatever thing I got into uh, on East 6th Street here in Austin with my main man, Peter, the Irish guy. We would get into trouble. We had too many. We would start betting. We ended up, you know, uh, betting on whoever was playing Hawaii at the late game and sure. trying to make it all back. And I said, I've got to just stop doing this and just wake up Sunday with a clean slate or up a little bit from a, my TNF game. But what do you got for us uh, this uh, yeah, this yeah. weekend, whether Thursday or perhaps Saturday? Okay, so I'm going to go to Saturday. I'm going to go with the uh, Florida-Tennessee game to go under 59. Uh, so Florida-Tennessee, 21 of their last 26 head-to-head -head meetings have had 58 uh, combined or fewer. Um, they had a shootout last year, but Hendon Hooker and Anthony Richardson are, are gone to the NFL. And uh, I think both, te both teams' defenses are are improved. Uh, the Vols haven't really played anybody yet, but they lead the nation in sacks with 11 and they're second in tackles for loss uh, with 25. Uh, Florida had a dud of an opener from an offensive standpoint, and there was only 35 combined points scored in that game. Then their second game, they're playing an FCS team in McNeese State. They went 49 to 7 for 56 uh, combined, but Florida's not going to be putting up a big number like that. Uh, on Tennessee, I think they're going to, you know, try to run the ball, control clock, eat clock. And, um, you know, uh, you know, we'll see on Joe Milton. Uh, Tennessee did one of those dreaded players only meetings after their game with Austin P. Uh, last week, they were playing an FCS opponent. It was only six to six late in the second quarter. They had a players only meeting, which indicates to me uh, some team. Uh, chemistry issues, and I think it's all on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm going under 59 uh, in that one, and uh, let me uh, hand out two more, if I may. You want me to continue? Please. <laughs> all right. We're, we're writing these down. Okay, cool. So, uh, like I, I actually already mentioned it, but uh, Florida State's team total, they are at Boston College, and I'm going over 37 and a half. Okay, this was going to be the one I was, you know, saying is my favorite of the week, and it still might be, but looking at weather.com today, and look, these meteorologists are, are wrong all the time, especially on a Wednesday when we've got all the way till Saturday, but they do say uh, in Chestnut Hill for this FSU Boston College game, 
20 to 25 mile an hour winds and a 75% chance of rain. But I, you know, unless it's just monsoon like, I mean, FSU can run it as well as they pass it. So I, I'm still confident in this play, but uh, you know, that weather concerns me a little, you know, we'll see uh, later in the week, but last week, their team total was uh, 41 and a half. I took it over and they had 52 points with 10 26 left in the third quarter. And they had 66 points with 11 minutes left in the fourth. And we right. saw them put up 45 against LSU the week before Keon Coleman's a difference maker uh, at receiver. Jordan Travis, one of the best QBs in the country. And then Boston college, uh, they, they win by three over Northern Illinois in overtime in week one, but they barely beat Holy cross last week, 31 to 28. So they don't have a good defense. Their coach is on the hot seat. I think FSU scores as many as they, as they want, as long as, you know, the weather doesn't go too, too crazy on us. And that is, that is turf. Uh, my hometown actually, uh, in Newton, Massachusetts, Chestnut Hill, we used to play pickup football and I did play some pop Warner there that could get real messy when it gets wet. Oh, but I, I look, I'm confident in their running game, though, so I'm still going to play it. Um, but I'm not saying it's my favorite of the weekend because of that potential weather. Now, Brian, let me ask you something. Do you jump on some of these lines early or do you wait closer as things shape up? Like with this one specifically, as weather is definitely a component in your take. What do you think here? Well, you know, if it's a total, you know, you definitely want to look at the weather. Uh, if it's a side and on Sunday night, I'm just think the, the number's bad and I think it's going to go against me, I will absolutely, you know, play one uh, right away. And uh, I've been waiting to find these FSU and Colorado team totals because I was on them both last week uh, for winners. The Colorado one wasn't as easy as that, I hope, but it, it did get there. I'm going to go back to Colorado team total over 41 and a half uh, in this one. And uh, they score 45 against TCU and um, they're going against Colorado State. Uh, here in CSU in week one allowed 50 to Washington State and uh, Washington State had 43 with 1122 remaining. I think Colorado's got a better offense uh, than Washington State, but Washington State is uh, good. But um, Colorado, I think they score as many as they want against a bad Colorado State team. And this offense just uh, keeps on churning along and, and getting better. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. So we got three plays. We get three all together. Yep. I can count. Yep. My brain's a little foggy. Phenomenal. Brian, thank you so much. All right. We're going to jump in to the free three. We're going to provide a little color around some of the games that we picked out. First game, we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers playing the Atlanta Falcons, this line opened up and, you know, those lines come out Sunday, really kind of those Monday lines are probably a, a more reasonable line. Sometimes they get really skewed, but uh, line opened up at uh, Green Bay laying one. It's now one and a half total 40 and a half and uh, money line Green Bay laying one twelve. Pete thoughts on love. And by the way, can we just say what a horrible take? I had on Green Bay. I think all of us might have been on I was, Green Bay. I, I was going to say, are we all. it's almost as if we all owe an apology to the state of Wisconsin and Green Bay Packer fans. Um, I, I picked 
Green Bay to finish last in the division. You know, we think they're really going to struggle. This is going to be an instance of a big time possible overreaction here. Um, you can only see them coming back to the mean. They go on the road now uh, again for another week in a row. I mean, listen, week one, didn't it feel like it was the perfect week one game for them, though? Like in the aftermath, it's against Chicago, a team they have destroyed and owned. Even without Aaron Rodgers, there had to be that psychological doubt that Chicago had um, going into that game. And then when Jordan Love is playing like that and he has a debut as good as they did, I mean, only one team scored more points than them, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they, they looked really, really good. On the other end, Chicago looked horrendous. Um, there's a worry. There's a little bit of a worry I have now with Fields, right? We all know he has the intangibles, and he has he does a lot of things amazingly well, but can he sit in the pocket? Can he throw the ball consistently well enough to be an elite quarterback? And does he have enough weapons? The thing I saw about Claypool online, there's some videos – about Claypool's effort in that game, and man, it looked bad. Um, so yeah, that that was that was not a good good thing for Chicago. Listen, in this game against Atlanta, I think Green Bay come back to the mean. It's funny, it's it's Atlanta getting one, right? Yes, one and As a half. Home team. It's just I'm I'm surprised. It's that it, that's what the line is. I think. It's a slight overreaction to a good week one from Green Bay. Going to Atlanta is going to be – it's not going to be easy. Um, they have some weapons. They have the new kid at running back. Give me the Falcons at home getting points. I don't see Green Bay sustaining back-to-back -back weeks like this on the road. Um, give me the Falcons. And, Brian, I may have a good memory, but did you go to school in Atlanta? Or are you from Atlanta? Um, I had lived in Atlanta before okay. I moved to South Florida and I am Falcons, Hawks, Braves across the board. That's what I thought. So I thought Peter's analysis was, was spot on. Um, you know, I made the game a pick them. Um, however, and maybe, uh, maybe this is just my skepticism, but I, I just can't stand Arthur Smith. Um, he just refuses to get the ball to his weapons. There was less than two minutes left in the third quarter, and Kyle Pitts and Drake London combined for zero touches at that point in the game. He fi they finally throw it to Pitts. They get a big play, and they were just fortunate that the defense made all those big plays, especially Jesse Bates, who, who was fantastic. And, you know, if they create turnovers like that again, um, yeah, you know, maybe Atlanta gets it done, but I just think the head coaching advantage uh, is with Green Bay. And uh, now the one thing make, giving me pause on Green Bay, they've got six starters that are listed as questionable. Now, all six might get upgraded, but as we're recording this early in the week, if let, let's say five of those six guys get upgraded, um, I would slightly lean to Green Bay. Um but I hope I'm wrong. I hope my Falcons win. But uh, it, yeah, it, depending on these this injury report, uh, my lean would be to, to the Packers. Yeah. So great points made by both of you. I think the one thing clearly, you know, Green Bay dominated on offense. Maybe you could perhaps say the Bears struggled massively on defense. Let's find somewhere in the middle and say probably a little bit of both. Right. So Green Bay's offense isn't as great. Atlanta's defense isn't as bad. Let me point out some things because these are, you know, things that I think could not be alarming, but 
pass play percentage, you know, uh, Green Bay, probably a good thing, right? They were 46%. Um, I think if they get behind, it may cause a problem. Uh, the completion percentage by Love was, was not very good. It was 55% last week. Again, early, early data, limited sample set here. But ranked 26, when we look at all the other quarterbacks in the league, that's not great. The one nice thing is his yards per pass were ranked three, uh, just under nine yards uh, a completion. So um, really kind of the completion aspect of that was a little bit of alarming. The line gave up um, close to a 10% sack percentage of, of plays, which was uh, ranked 10th, I guess. Uh, I'm sorry, that was on defense. My bad. Uh, they were ranked uh, eighth. The QB sack percentage was three and a half percent. My fault. The sack percentage on Green Bay was actually pretty solid. And usually that happens when you play a running quarterback. But this is a really tough spot for me. I'm going to go with the Falcons here at home. Uh, I think they're going to win this game. This is too, too close. Most importantly, the value index algo has a predicted score of Green Bay winning 24.63 to 22.57. You're getting a point of value on the Packers. So I am fading the algo here. And by the way, let me tell you, guys, if you want access to the data, head on over to patreon.com forward slash bet the algo. You'll get all the data. That's available for your budget. If you want to see the primetime games, you want to just see the top five, or you want all the games and everything that else comes with it, we'd love to have you come on over, and we'd love to show you what we have. I think we're as transparent as they come, Peter. Uh, I have a lot of integrity on this thing, and last year, folks, we went with the top five most of the time and entered those in the Circa Five. Uh, we hit a 56% number, which Brian... 56% in the NFL is pretty bonkers, right? I mean, that's, you could say that might be a gold standard. Yeah, no, if you can do 50, excuse me, 56% every year, you're doing well. Uh, I just don't know, was how did that end up being for the contest? Because it seems like those contests, you got uh, several guys above 60%. Yeah, we finished uh, 566th for the season, but just three weeks left, we were ranked 221 out of just under 4,700. Of course, the top 100 place. So we were within striking distance, but sure. this is a marathon. This is not half marathon. It's not a 5K. Uh, this is a long, long road, and we are certainly going to stick with it. But I will say, looking at these numbers this week for the model, there aren't many I'm going to fade. I really, really, really like the model. Pete, as we dive into it, I think you're, we're probably going to have a lot of same sentiment. All right, moving on. We've got the uh, Bears versus the Buccaneers. This line opened at the Bucks plus two and a half. Had some movement uh, early this week. The number hit three. It's still at two and a half. Uh, total... 40 and a half. Gosh, I feel like we just saw that total for the Falcons uh, game as well. Um, Bears plus 128. Tampa land 152. Thoughts here. Is this a big number for a uh, a Baker Mayfield-led offense? No. One where it's simple, no. I, listen, you know, when I said at the start of the season, I think Tampa are going to be undervalued most every week. 
and I can see this being one of the teams that I take every week. Um, their roster is really, really good. It's deep. Defensively, they are stout. Last week, only in terms of defense or in rush yards allowed, again, it's week one, but we know they were good last year. They've been good for a number of years, it, it, stopping the run. Um, yeah, they were, I think, second. They were the second best team on defense in terms of run defense So and, and yards allowed. They're really good. They have weapons on offense as well. They've got a they've got a good wide receiver core. Their O line's improved, and most importantly, Baker Mayfield doesn't really have a contract, and he's playing for his life. Um, I think this is going to be a very solid team every week. On the other hand, I'm scared for the Bears a little bit. Last week made me nervous. Last week made me nervous about seeing the stuff about Claypool not being invested. Um, we have enough of a sample size on Chicago and Justin Fields now. He's one and nine in his division in those games that matter. It's starting to be a trend you don't like to see. Um, I love Tampa in this spot at minus two. I can see Tampa winning by seven plus. Give me the Tampa Bay. I agree. I agree. Um, I made Tampa Bay a four and a half point favorite. So uh, with it, you know, I, I would play it at three, but I'm definitely playing it at a two and a half. And uh, yeah, the Claypool stuff. That's why Pittsburgh got rid of him. Uh, they were just tired of dealing with the headaches. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, and, and yeah, Bears did not look good last week. Tampa Bay, you know, solid win on the road. Nice debut for Mayfield. And now you're at home and just got to win by a field goal. I like the Bucks. Yeah, I think early and maybe we haven't seen this many weapons for Baker Mayfield throwing the ball to. Clearly, he's always had great running backs coming from the Browns. Uh, he's certainly motivated. We've always been Baker fans here. We root for him. Um, you know, some things here haven't gone, uh, you know, his way. I don't think necessarily he I don't think anybody could have imagined him bouncing around recently uh, as he has. I really kind of thought of thought of him as a, a as an NFL starter and being a staple and that never really being a question. I love when he wins. I love the confidence that he has. I really do. The way that these two teams go against each other, specifically the Tampa Bay defense, which several years ago. Uh, when they won this thing, their rush D was insane. And it felt like they lost their way clearly on offense last year. They didn't have that certainly bogged down by injuries. But when you look at um, their rush D combined going against a, a Bears team that I think specifically Fields is going to struggle throwing the ball, I really like the Tampa Bay Bucks here. This is a consensus pick. Get this. You had a four and a half point number. Vegas has a two and a half point number. The model has Tampa Bay winning 23.5 to 17.52. We actually have almost like a six point line. So really, you're almost getting three points of value on the Bucks and a consensus pick. Love it. Love it. The last one of the free three, we have the Arizona Cardinals. At home against the New York Giants, who I don't know if it could have gotten any worse, Pete. Did I mush that locker room at training camp? I may have. Ooh. I may have. But one of the things that I talked about 
And I was talking to the beat reporters about when I was up there, I go, this offensive line is a question. This is a question. This line opened up at five and a half, five um, on Monday, uh, hit four and a half. And now we're seeing the Giants laying six, laying 235 on the money line, plus 194, and a very, very low total, 39 and a half. It feels like, geez, it could be an over week. Yeah, this is this is a really interesting game, I think, for a, a number of different reasons. You talked about this, obviously, in the preseason, the O-line. Talk about the worst possible game for them to be tested week one against a borderline terrifying O-line and pass rush in the Cowboys. It felt like every time Danny Dimes got his hands on the ball – he was about to be destroyed. Uh, I, you know, it was really the perfect, the perfect look if you're a Cowboys fan. But the other thing that kind of scares me, we talked about the additions the Giants made at wide receiver. They had nobody to throw the football to last year. They've made a couple of upgrades. They're still a little young, but they're already working at wide receivers. I, I saw today they're bringing in some vets for a workout. That's not a great sign. The Arizona Cardinals, on the other hand, scared the life out of me. I took Washington in my survivor pool. You were happy for a lot of it while Washington were losing, Mitch. Uh, I didn't enjoy that. Washington managed to pull it out. But it's a perfect example of this is the NFL, and any team can beat anybody week to week. There's so much talent on all of these teams. So Arizona showed you that, even with a quarterback that's been there for five minutes. This line almost surprises me. I thought there'd be a slight overreaction more than there is. There really isn't. People don't trust Arizona to continue to play well, and they think maybe the Giants will get it right. Um, it's got to be too many points for me. I have to take Arizona in this spot. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, now, I want to find out you know, if James Conner practices uh, tomorrow. Uh, he's listed questionable. Uh, but if Connor's a uh, go, I uh, like Peter. I had uh, Washington in my uh, survivor nice. uh, pool, and it was uh, shaky. It was a stressful three hours. So, um, yeah. And then what happened to the Giants? I, I can't get behind them. So I thought Arizona was feisty uh, last week, and, and you know they had a couple of well. They got fortunate with their turnover, especially the uh, scoop and score before halftime. Um, but, yeah, they, they ha had a couple of turnovers themselves. And if not for that, um, they may have won that game. Probably would have. So, um, anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking home dog here. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't want to do it without confirmation James Conner is going to play. Yeah, that's a good call it. Yeah, I mean, defensively, it kept them in the game. They had three turnovers, uh, but they also gave away two is, is what you said. So really, I think if you can just have, you know, somebody manage that game and Dobbs and, and not give this away, Connor's definitely a big component. Look, um, you talk about Tampa Bay being undervalued. The reality is Zona, you're probably going to get a lot of market overreaction on, on the Cardinals. And so there's definitely just instant bias value right off the bat. Uh, this Arizona defense, uh, they caught to the quarterback very, very well. I think that is the most impressive stat on defense with a 16% sack rate that ranked them number three last week. Again, guys, very, very early on. Keep in mind, 
we're utilizing some data from last year. Uh, we're on a rolling three uh, uh, average uh, different weights that we that we place on certain components. Uh, so we've got 30% of uh, this season's data, which by the way, is better than none. So we actually see uh, a component years ago, Pete, we wouldn't even get involved until week four. Yeah. Uh, and then we figured out through some back testing and regression that we could actually figure it out because Vegas obviously has to come up with a number. And if they can come up with a number, so okay. can the model, right? So yeah. We're, we're going to take the cards here. Um, I am very worried about that Giants front line. They've got to get some wheel routes into Saquon and just get him and spread this uh, offense up and get some quick throws, get him moving. And, you know, I, I like the cards here. I don't love it. I really don't love it. Most importantly, the value index algo has the Giants winning 19.27, Arizona 17.57. That sounds spot on. Yeah. It really does. That sounds a late field goal by the Giants to maybe squeak out a win. Yeah. It, it very it very well could be. Well, Brian Edwards, uh, Twitter handle, you can find him at Vegas B. Edwards, also a contributor at Major Wager. We hope to have you back on. It's nice to see your face other than we were probably paying or collecting from our uh, old bookies in uh, Booker Tone, <laughs> Florida. Um, tell the boys over at Beeson, we say hello. And uh, again, thank you so much. And uh, we enjoyed having you on. Thank you, Brian. Enjoyed it, fellas. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great uh, weekend. Best of luck with all the games. We'll see you. See you, Brian. Hey, uh, so good having expert personnel in the college football domain. And uh, we wanted to just say thank you for, for them coming on. Guys, this has been it for the free three. We're going to fade this out. The folks who've got the primetime package and for the folks that are on free, by the way, just come on over. You'll hear us talk about it all. I'm going to play us out here. Stay tuned.